Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All right. Well, today we are on week five of the game of life, the game of life and how to play it. And uh, by Florence Scovel Shin. So it's the last day that we're going to be studying this together. And this is about perfect self-expression. So I had an opportunity to pull out three points that I thought were really important and integral points to our, I want to say our soul's being. And I'd love to just express that at a different level with you. The first thing that she spoke about in the last two chapters of her book is this idea of perfect self-expression. And what she said is that you have come here to live a life of perfect self-expression. There's no place in life which you are to fill and no one else can fill. Basically, there's something which you are to do and no one else can do. That is your destiny. So you showed up in life for this amazing experience that only you can do. Nobody else can do except you. And I really appreciate this because it made me think about a puzzle piece, about each person being a part of a puzzle. And If you were not here to be your perfect self-expression, then the puzzle would be incomplete. And I don't know about you, but I've done a few puzzles in my life where I get down to the very last piece and there's something missing, that one piece is missing. And not only is it frustrating, but it's like, I feel like all this work that I did comes to nothing because it's not complete without that last piece. And to me, I feel like that's what happens when we don't fit, when we don't tap into our perfect self-expression in life. It's like something is missing. We feel incomplete. The universe is incomplete. And the universe is seeking to complete itself through our perfect self-expression. It's like, if we really tune in to what we've been, what we came here in life to be, we are completing the perfection of the universe. And so it's, it's actually, uh, it's not only an inner call, but it's a universal call that each of us is part of that divine design. Florence has a prayer that I thought was really cool that you can say as part of it. She says, infinite spirit, open the way for the divine design of my life to manifest. Let the genius within me now be released. Let me see clearly the perfect plan. And she goes on to talk about the perfect plan. The perfect plan includes health, wealth, love, and perfect self-expression. Which means that each of us was designed 
to be in a state of health, a state of wealth, a state of love, and a state of perfect self-expression. And she also said the perfect self-expression will never be labor, but it will be of such absorbing interest that it will seem almost like play. And I love that because when I'm here with you on these evenings and during the during the the day, the morning, whenever I get the opportunity to be in community, uh, and whenever I'm teaching classes, to me it's like play. It's so much fun. I end the the Zoom meetings and my time with. I mean, it just feels so uplifted. I feel so uplifted by the community, by the people that I'm engaged with, by by having this opportunity to be in a place of, of sharing and collaboration and co-creating. And I know for me, this particular job that I'm doing is completely in alignment with my self-expression because I feel lifted up at the end of the day. I feel like I am, my, my soul is happy. My heart is full. Uh, and I've been in jobs where I didn't feel that way. And I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to been guided along my life to align myself with what I really am called here to be and to do and to express. But each and every person has that inner calling. And that's really what Florence talks about. And she talks about using the gifts that we were given that we have come here to be our self-expression, but <laughs> we got to use, we, we might even know what that perfect, perfect self-expression is. And if we don't, we need to really kind of tap into what, what are my special gifts? What have I come here to bring? What is, what is special and unique about me? So some people are, artists, some people are humorous, some people are hosts, some people are the cosmopolitan or the journalist or the expert or, you know, somebody is the baker, the, the, the caretaker, right? So we each have a perfect role to fill in our own expression and experience of life. And that reminds me of one of my favorite parables, which is the parable of the talents. And the parable of the talents actually appears twice in the New Testament, in the Bible. And basically, it starts with uh, a master who has these things called talents. Now, we don't exactly know what the talents are. Is it money? What, what is talents? Is it something of great value? value? I don't know exactly what it is, but I just think it's something very important. And the master entrusts these talents Two is in the in the Bible version I read was his servants. And he entrusts one with five talents, another with two talents, and the third with one talent. And the first, and so he goes off on an adventure. He's like, okay, I want you to take care of these talents while I'm gone. I want you to do do what you do best, whatever you can do with them, and um, I'll come back and see how you do. So he goes on his trip and he comes back from his trip and the person with five talents in, invested those talents and they doubled. 
And he said, hey, master, I've got 10 talents for you. And the master said, great job. That's amazing. Because you've been so, you, you've been so smart and have invested in such a wonderful way, I'm going to give you more. And the guy with two talents, same thing happened to him. He went out and he went into the world. He invested his talents. They multiplied. He gave back to his master four talents. And the master said, amazing. You utilize your talents to the best of your ability. And I'm so grateful. And I'm going to give you more. And then there was the guy who had one talent. And the guy with one talent was really scared. He didn't want to lose it. He didn't want to mess up. And so what did he do? He buried the talent. And the master came back. He said, hey, master, I have your talent here. And the master was really unhappy because he said, you didn't do anything with your talent. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take that one talent and I'm going to take it away from you. And you'll have nothing. I know, it's such a terrible story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right is we need to utilize the gifts we were given in this world. We need to tap into who we are. And, you know, for us, talents actually could be the internal talents that we have. It doesn't have to be money. It could be the actual gifts, the God-given gifts that we were given. If we are here to express our God-given gifts and we give them out into the world and we magnify and multiply them and, and share them to the world by uplifting others with our talents, then we have multiplied what we've been given. But if we shrink down and hide from life in fear and not feeling worthy, then we never get to tap into that truth of who we are. It's like if you, if you focus on the positive, you get more amazing things. You focus on the negative, you get more negative things. And it's the same kind of stories. Like if we are given gifts and our God-given expression is about tuning into that and really fulfilling what we came here to be. So Florence says in the book, she says, there's a terrible penalty to be paid for not using one's own ability. So we're not here to bury our talents. We're not here to sit in fear. Instead, we are commanded to use what we have, our gifts, to make the world a better place. And when we do that, it multiplies for us and for everybody around us. So Florence has a prayer for this too. I love this. I love her prayers. I say, when I read them, I say them out loud. Infinite spirit, give me a definite lead. Reveal to me my perfect self-expression. Show me which talent I am to make use of now. Which I think is a lovely, a lovely thing to, to speak into the universe. So that's the second point that I wanted to make. The third point I wanted to make today is vanquish fear by walking up to the thing that you are afraid of. Vanquish fear by walking up to the thing you are afraid of. Now, she says in the book, fear and worry are inverted faith. And I love this picture here because 
it's a picture of a lion in the shadow. Oops, here we go. Picture of a lion in the shadow. And the the little kitty little kitty cat is the actual picture. And it's like sometimes our fears are like the shadow of the lion. And when we come close to it, what we see is just the, the cat. I love this picture here. So each of us have an opportunity to confront our fears. That's the big thing. And her recommendation is not only to just face our fear, but to not to state your fear out loud or state your fear and write it down in order to have an opportunity to look at it and see if it has any power. When you ignore your fear, then what tends to happen is the fear grows and gets bigger than what we were planning on having. But when you face it, when you confront it, it shrinks. You know, I was thinking about this and I was looking up facts about fear. And in the United States, the biggest fear is public speaking. That's the biggest fear in the United States. And um, in many surveys, death actually ranks second to public speaking. <laughs> so, well, but one thing you can do is you can practice doing the thing that you fear most. Like you can actually step into that thing. And I have found so many times, especially I want to say speaking to people who, um, let's say I have a disagreement with a person or somebody does something that is really challenging to me. I have this, this fear of uh, confronting them, not being, a, not being enough, right? Going into all of these uh, ideas that are, that are going through my head of like, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough. Uh, if I confront them, then something terrible is going to happen. And, and I have consistently worked through those fears in order to speak truth to people who may have said things, either hurt my feelings or um, done behaviors that I thought uh, weren't workable for me. And it's a constant practice for me. But it, the amazing, most brilliant thing is that when I actually have those conversations, I, I, I don't think I've ever, I, I mean, I, it's so rare that something goes worse than my fear. Oftentimes, I have a, an uncomfortable conversation with a person and it leads to breakthrough or it leads to a deeper connection or it leads to something even better than I could have imagined. So I've learned that to me, it's more important to address my fears head on than to avoid them. And this is what she really encourages everybody to do. She even talks about uh, King Jehoshaphat and he goes out to battle. So he's going to face all of these nations in battle. And he decides to go, and this is another story in the Bible, by the way, for those people who are not um, Bible people. Uh, and so, and, and this, he's an actual real character in history too. <laughs> but he was 
told that he would go and have victory against all these other nations by the Lord, it says in the Bible, but intuition by something tells him that he's going to go out and have success. And so he has singers go out in front of him to sing the praises of his success. And then his armies come. And while he's marching to Judah, these nations that were uh, united start warring with each other. And they basically kill each other off by the time he arrives. So he was afraid to go into this terrible conflict with, with, these, with these, this United Nations that was huger than he could possibly imagine. And as he's going there, you know, going, moving forward in faith, it just dissipates before him. And so that's the invitation is that as we move forward in faith into that thing that we fear most, it just dissipates. And what is created is, you know, either, either it's not, it's not a thing, or if it was a thing, it's not as bad as the fear we were imagining it to be. So that's the most I would say the, the three most important points of this particular aspect of the book. So in summary, these three points. The first thing is that a reminder that you have come here to live a life of perfect self-expression. The second thing is for you to use the gifts that you were given. And the third thing is to vanquish fear by walking up to the thing that you are afraid of. And that, my friends, is the game of life and how to play it. And if we choose to play it using these rules, I can guarantee you, you will be successful and thriving in the game of life. And so it is. <laughs>